Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Stars daily sports podcast. It's Wednesday, April 29th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. On today's show, we'll hear from Royals general manager Dayton Moore. He held court with a group of reporters on Tuesday and spoke about several topics, starting with his positive vibes about getting back on the field. But first, you'll hear from Royals beat writer Lynn Worthy. We talk about Moore's comments and the challenges baseball faces in terms of roster size. So here we go with Lynn Worthy. Hey, Lynn, how you doing today? Good, good. Hey, we got to talk to uh, Dayton Moore, or you did yesterday, along with some other reporters. And I guess the the thing that struck me about the conversation was the optimism that Dayton expressed about baseball and and playing again. Look, we're, every day we're a day closer to having some kind of you know cure or, or uh, resolution or being better and. Uh, but but he seemed uh, you know maybe more optimistic than uh, than what I'd been hearing. And look, uh, he's he's talking to baseball and he's talking to um, you know people if people in the organization and throughout the game. So maybe he's um, you know maybe his his optimism is well founded. What what have you been hearing and what did you think of what Dayton said about that yesterday? Well, I mean, I, and some I, I talked um, you know somebody else. Uh, Without getting too far into detail, somebody else told me they, they feel like his optimism is with reason. Let's just put it that way. Um, so, I mean, you, we've been hearing all these different plans for months, and uh, it seems like for months it's really been probably just a month now, but um, different plans on how they might be able to get this thing going. We've heard Dr. Anthony Fauci talk about you can start playing baseball if you do these certain things. Um, the latest plan came out that was reported in USA Today yesterday about teams actually getting to play at their ballparks. And then on top of that, Dayton definitely seemed even more optimistic than just his normal. I mean, he's an optimistic guy anyway. And he's sort of, you know, maintained that we'll play baseball and I feel confident we'll play baseball since, you know, um, the end of, of March. But this one sounded like he felt like it was getting closer. Like you could tell just from the way he was talking that he felt like there was an actual, you know, light at the end of the tunnel. Um, without specifics, but, um, you know, he felt he sounded like he was optimistic about not just them playing games, but but also maybe even seeing games in Kansas City, even though, you know, you could you couldn't really get into what uh, that might look like. I don't think he actually knows. Yeah, that was the maybe the eye opener for me, because we'd been sort of working under the impression impression that if baseball returns in the next I don't know, a month to two months, it would be at, um, you know, at spring training sites in Arizona and Florida. And then I saw a, a, a Texas site added to one of the possibilities, maybe in those three states, you'd have, you'd have games without fans. And yesterday, um, or I should say Tuesday for when you're listening to this, the, the notion was, you know, games in home cities. And one of the plans that you referred to was the three 10 team divisions, you know, regardless of, of league that the Royals would be involved with, um, you know, three ten-team divisions, a Midwest division, so to speak. There'd be an East and a West to reduce traveling costs. So um, maybe I, I kind of was pretty excited when I saw that idea that maybe maybe that's the way to go, and, and and you could play games in your home stadiums. You'd have to come up with some sort of you know, plan for fans and social distancing, distancing in the stadiums. I mean, there, there's a ton of things that would have to be worked out for that to happen, but 
at least it's a plan that that, that moves the game closer to the fans. And uh, I think I, I think that's you know th- that was fun to hear. Yeah, and I, I mean I think the 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 initial part of that my guess would be is that you're playing empty ballparks, but then maybe as we got uh, further along, and then maybe you know as you get towards the end of the season, there's a uh, possibility of maybe getting people in the ballparks but spreading them out. But I mean, I I guess I, I mean, and this may just be again my assumption that you know the first part of that would be empty stadiums, and then you'd end up being able to. Um, start moving towards getting some people in the park by the end of the season, but it would be, um, it'd definitely be, you know, a lot different than what we'd heard about where you'd be playing basically, you know, out of your complexes and spring training sites, or um, like you said, the, the idea of maybe there's like three little satellite groups, one in Arizona and Florida and Texas, or, you know, uh, I think there was somebody talking about California getting in there. So, I mean, um, but yeah, this, this would be different. I mean, it would be talking about playing in Kauffman stadium and then, uh, you know, just in even that whole aspect of a different look to who you'd be playing against. Cause you'd have, you'd have your division, which you wouldn't have had if you did the Arizona plan or not the Arizona plan, but the spring training sites, you wouldn't really have your division um, to some of the teams down there in, uh, in Florida. Um, this way you'd still have the White Sox, Indians, Twins and Tigers, but then you'd have, uh, a National League group, and you'd all be there. Would be no National League, American League. It'd all be one, so you'd end up with the Cubs, Reds, Cardinals, which would give a little in-state rivalry uh, flavor to that. The right. Bre- Brewers, and then uh, the Braves, which I'm not really sure how that the Braves got yeah, thrown right. in there. I would have thought somebody like Texas is, would have been more geographical than that, but you know. Uh, but still, those those wouldn't be bad, you know, teams to be. Those are the teams you're going to play regularly throughout this truncated season. That wouldn't, you know, you'd have the division, and then you'd have, like I say, the in-state. You'd have some, you know, big name clubs like the Cubs. Um, then you get, you know, there's the ties with the Brewers, with the, you know, some of the former Royals, and also just the the organization obviously has ties with. That's where you got Ned Matheny was there before. I mean, Dale Swain was the manager there briefly after uh, Ned. So I mean, and the Braves. I mean, you got. I mean, that's that's where the foundation of the Royals front office came from. So yeah, I mean, not to mention you got some young players, you know, some talented young players in all those clubs. So it would be interesting just to think about that um what that would look like potentially and just the idea of playing in uh those those home ballparks again right and the idea of course to to separate geographically like that is to reduce the travel time and travel cost and travel you know um fears really um so you wouldn't see teams going cross country or the royals going to either coast they would be able to stay in for the most part in in the central time zone or just uh, you know within an hour hour and a half flight of uh, of Kansas City so interesting idea and we'll stay tuned to see if if this is the one I'll tell you what I when I saw it I just said yeah this one this one makes sense I can see this one happening so we'll we'll have to see hey Lynn so you wrote this story uh, earlier it's the idea of fast tracking the prospects under under the you know the situation that we're in, and there's still you know so many unknowns, roster size, and um, I, I've seen different numbers for that, and and when when the uh, season's going to start. But um, t- tell us about uh, how you know how the delayed season and the and the um, the abbreviated season would uh, could impact the um, uh, the the idea of of bringing prospects to the major league club sooner than, than expected. 
Yeah, well, I mean, I think um, on an earlier podcast, I think we talked about just the idea of, you know, if you had one of these plans put in place, you, you'd need more than whatever the uh, the new 26-man roster. Like, that wouldn't do it because you, you'd have to have guys available. You'd have to have guys that you can add to the roster if, you know, if it's injury, if it's, you know um, – virus, whatever, you're going to need more than that. And I think, you know, you, you'd have to be talking about 30, 40. I thought at least a 40-man roster. I think there was a report from The Athletic that talked about they were thinking or, or kicking around the idea of 50 players available on the roster. And whatever that looks like, you figure you have to have expanded rosters. There was talk of the schedule would be um, sort of, you know, almost uh, supersized where you'd be playing even more often and maybe double headers every week. Um, and with that, you need more pitching at least, but you need more players. And so um, you figure you're going to have more players on the roster. And now with the minor league season really in doubt, then it gives you even more reason to think, well, you know, these guys like Singer, Kowar, Bubic, and um, Lynch weren't going to make the club out of spring training in all likelihood. And they were going to still give him time in the minors. Well, now there's likely, you know, no minors and you need more guys on the roster. It seems, you know, like it's looking, it would point towards these guys would be options for the major league club with an expanded roster. Um, and I asked Dayton about it and he, he didn't say no. He said, I mean, basically he gave the, you know, it's something they'd have to think about. Of course, you know, they, I'm sure they are thinking about it, but, we don't know what the roster is going to look like yet. We don't know what the situation with the minors is yet. So there's no point in him saying, yeah, we do that. But I think it's, well, I know it's something that they would consider. And they also know that you might not have a year in the minors for some of these guys. So if that, if you don't put them in that venue to be able to compete, then you might just have them basically end up with a lost year, which I don't know if you really want to afford, or you can afford that for some of your top pitching prospects and the guys you're hoping to build around going forward. Sure. Hey, another guy you caught up with uh, recently was Bubba Starling, and he was uh, uh, on a conference call with some reporters, and he he seemed bored. Yeah. <laughs> not, not, not on the conference call, but, uh, but just uh, day-to-day life. Yeah, he. I mean, if there's a guy who just wants to get out there and play some ball, it's Bubba. And the more I thought about it was, you know, to think about how long it took for him to finally get to the point where he got to the big leagues. And it, it had to feel like dog years, too, because everybody <laughs> was watching and just waiting for him to get there. And I think Dayton last year, when Bubba finally got called up, said it was the most asked question he'd got in his whole time as the GM of the Royals. I mean, this guy, you know, in case we forget, he'd been there for, you know, over a decade now and also managed World Series, a couple of World Series teams. (laughs) But the most asked question (laughs) was about Bubba and when he's going to get to the big leagues. And so it had to be, you know, even more intense than just the, the the path that he took. I mean, just because he did it in his own backyard and he was such a phenom coming out of high school and such a high draft pick. And so he finally gets there last year and he, he's the first to say he didn't, his numbers weren't what he wanted them to be. Uh, he only played 56 games, if I remember the number right, and hit, was hitting like 210, 215. Um but he did hit well in the minors this past year. There's people, you know, I talked to a scout who thought that there was still some upside with him because he'd missed so much time, even though he's, you know, he's, uh, remember if he's 20, 26 now, 27, I have to look it up, but um, it felt like there's more upside with him than you might expect for a guy that age. And so 
to be sitting here after last year he had a good spring. He had a good season in the minor leagues. He got up to the big leagues and sort of got the feel of it. He was having a really good spring this year, and now it's just like more waiting. Like I don't, I don't know how much more waiting Bubba can take. <laughs> right, right. So, all right. Hey, Lynn, when we come back, we're going to hear from Dayton Moore, the conversation that he had with uh, with Kansas City reporters and those who cover the Royals. So uh, interesting stuff, very optimistic. And Lynn, hey, thanks for hanging out with us. No problem. Anytime. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important please visit kansascity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Uh, I think we're getting closer. I'm more hopeful today than I was yesterday, and I was pretty hopeful yesterday. So I think we're really getting close to coming up with uh, a plan that we can all rally behind and uh, focus on. Uh, but, but again, that, that has not been settled at this point in time. I know MLB doesn't want you to say a whole lot about uh, when it, what it's going to take to restart, but as an organization, what would it take in your mind um, to try one of these plans? I mean, whether it's testing or, or whatever it is. You know, Flynn, I'm not sure MLB is, they're not really cautioning us on, on to, to keep, you know, our, our cards close to the vest, so to speak. I mean, they're really okay. not. Everybody's just trying to manage through, um, you know, the, the right time, uh, what makes sense, what's, what is uh, not only from a, a health standpoint, but from a psychological standpoint where people feel comfortable. As we all know, each community is different. I seem to think, and I've shared this uh, publicly, I've shared this with uh, uh, people in the commissioner's office. There's no doubt in the, the people of the Midwest, the citizens of the Midwest, are going to come back and they're going to support baseball. They're going to go to games once the gathering restrictions have been lifted. We're very resilient people. Um, we, we care deeply about the success of one another. And so I'm confident that when that time comes, we'll all rally behind our teams and we'll support one another. That's what we've always done. There's no reason for me to think that anything else is going to happen. But, um, you know, as far as testing and, and those types of things, planning, whatever they tell us we need to do, we'll do. And, um, and, and speaking to our players and speaking to our staff, um, you know, we're going to do all necessary to get back and, and play in baseball. We, we realize that there's risk in everything that you do, and um, we, we will uh, trust the individuals that have evaluated that. And then once it's time to begin working out, preparing for the season, we'll go to work. It, we're not going to be disappointed mentally. We're not going to be wondering what if. We're not going to be expecting bad things to happen. We're going to move forward in a very positive way. We're going to focus on baseball and doing what we do and uh, being smart about it. But, 
know, we'll be ready to go. Hey, and one last one, Dayton, on the same line. Um, how much in contact are you with Mayor Lucas, who, who was one of the first uh, mayors, obviously, to uh, do the shutdown? And um, how much does that affect what the, what the Royals do going forward? Um, you know, I, I've texted with, with Mayor Lucas uh, a couple times. Uh, I've not spoken with them. I, I believe Mr. Sherman is probably uh, has conversations from time to time. Uh, I think Kevin Ulick is on uh, some type of task force. Um, but my look, I, I look at my role simply as this for I, I like to encourage leaders. I like to support leaders. I like leaders to know that um, we've got their back, so to speak. We understand that all these decisions are very difficult. And, um, you know, we're here if anybody wants to discuss uh, anything or, 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 or talk through an event or a circumstance or a relationship. But at the end of the day, uh, you just kind of trust in, in where we are and um, just manage it from there. Excellent. Thanks, Dayton. Hey, Dayton, this is, uh, this is Mick. Uh, I had a question. How much did you pay attention to the NFL draft and their – success did it encourage you doing it that way that baseball could do it a similar way and do it on time and do it with uh, as many rounds as possible you know it's interesting i saw parts of it mick um i can't say that i was you know paying attention to every detail uh, i i know that it was a tremendous success and um you know i'm not sure how we'll operate our draft lonnie goldberg and i have talked about um, you know, what our procedures would be right now. The draft is scheduled for June 10th. Until somebody tells us differently, we're preparing for June 10th. Lonnie Goldberg and our staff are having calls, multiple calls each and every day, going through the interview process with, with many a player. And uh, we, we talk daily about those interviews. Of course, we've had uh, not a ton of time to evaluate the players, but, you know, we are where we are. We're not going to make excuses for it. We can watch video. Um, it, it's not the same. Uh, but fortunately, we have a history with a lot of uh, the players in the 2020 draft. So, you know, we, as you know, traditionally do our uh, draft via conference call. That's the way we've always done it. And so if we have to operate that way, whether it be in our homes or uh, in the draft room, which I suspect we'll be able to do it in the draft room, I, uh, if indeed it's June 10th, unless something unforeseen happens, I, I don't, I don't anticipate us not being able to do it in our draft room the way we normally conduct business. Do you? Um, this is Cody. Do you have any feelings one way or the other about the possible reduction of minor league teams? They've talked a lot about the possibility of that, especially even before leading up to this. But now, especially now, that seems like it's been a top of conversation. I know less draft picks means right. Maybe harder to fill, but, but where do you guys stand as an organization about that well, possibility? Cody, I mean, we, we haven't had a ton of discussion of that lately. I mean, that was obviously a very hot topic um, leading into this shutdown. Um, I think you know where we stand. I mean, we, we like a lot of opportunity to sign and develop players because we, we believe in players. We believe in giving players opportunity. We do realize, however, that you know, Major League Baseball is, is certainly has changed from an economic standpoint, and we may have to uh, make some necessary reductions. I don't know for certain, but we'll be prepared to do whatever we need to do 
and um, going forward. So, but there hasn't been a ton of discussions about that, Cody. And, and uh, you know, right now we're scheduled to possibly have a, at least a minimum of five rounds in this draft. That's been well publicized. That's what been discussed with uh, the Players Association. And uh, whether we end up doing five or more, we'll see. But again, we'll, we'll accept whatever rules are in place at this point in time and uh, we'll operate accordingly. As far as the prospects that maybe you had had hope would come up at some point this year, you know, we know that a major league season, maybe you're more optimistic about that, but a minor league season seems even further off at this point. Would you be more inclined to maybe push those guys up sooner or give them a chance sooner? You know, if, if there was, you know, no minor league season, you know, guys like Brady and others. Well, we could. I mean, it's certainly something we have to discuss. I mean, our focus right now is putting together the best 26 players that give us a chance to compete and win, whether, and again, I don't know how many games we'll ultimately have uh, in our season. Um, But, you know, we we would uh, address that at the appropriate time. But, Cody, I mean, to to take your question a step further, um, you know, it's it's never good when young players are missing time. Uh, It's never good when any players are missing time. I mean, it's a game that requires uh, the execution of uh, multiple skills, and uh, they have to be refined. Repetition is really, really important, and, and you don't want to see any player uh, miss out on those repetitions. So um, there's definitely a feel aspect of, of playing this game. And um, so it's, it's something that we, we're not going to probably be able to recoup. But, again, we, we are where we are. There are no excuses. And um, the, the important thing is talent doesn't uh, regress very quickly. And those players or pitchers that you're alluding to, not by name, but alluding to is that group, they're very talented. Their, their talent's not going to go away at this point in time in their careers. And uh, trust me when I tell you that they're all doing stuff every single day to stay on top of their game the best they can. Mentally, they're very strong and they're very creative, you know, with their workouts. And, um, you know, they're, they're doing a really good job. Our staff is doing an amazing job. Uh, as they um, continue to, to, to uh, work with them and communicate with them, uh, whether it be uh, through Zoom or webinars, they are in constant contact. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm very confident that our players are in a good, good spot right now. Hey, Dayton. It's Todd Lebo. Uh, how you doing, first of all? Good, Todd. How you doing, man? We're getting by. What, what's this been like for you emotionally? over the past six weeks or so when everything started kind of coming out that, you know, the things were going to be different and it seemed to change quite a bit. Now you've kind of been in this little mode. What's it just been like for you with the anticipation of a new season, new ownership, new manager, all that stuff to kind of deal with that. And, uh, and knowing that this is just probably bigger than baseball right now. Well, yeah. I mean, in fact, Austin Driggers, who's our um, director of performance science, he sent me a, uh, uh, a note yesterday, it was a speech written in 1939, and it talked about, you know, the enemies of human beings. And, and I have felt all of these emotions um, that I'm about to describe. It talked about excitement, uh, trying to push too fast, too much in a hurry. It talked about um, frustration and how you have to guard yourself against frustration. I've certainly felt frustration during this time. And then it talked about um, being fearful. And, uh, you know, I, I've been fearful. I've been fearful for um, 
people not only in our community but uh, around the, uh, the country, family members that have lost jobs, our own uh, staff members who are concerned about the economics of the game and what it means for their future. Um, and so I felt all those emotions. But at the end of the day, Todd, you know and I know the importance of we've got to stay steady. Um, we've got to um, be unemotional about this. We've got to be positive. We're fortunate that Mr. Sherman uh, has been amazing in the entire process with his support. Um, I've felt no panic, no panic in our discussions. Um, uh, and we have them quite regularly, and so um, you know it's uh, we've drawn we've drawn closer together as a staff already a very close staff, but even draws clo- uh, we've grown closer. Mike Matheny has been amazing. I haven't heard Mike Matheny complain one bit. I've tried to get him com- to complain and complain, and so uh, it, from from that part, it's been, it's been really good. But I felt you know all those emotions. Right? I appreciate the question. Hey, Dave, this is Vahe. I, I, can you hear me okay? I can, Vahe. First of all, good to see your face. Um, and second of all, just sort of to pick up where Todd Todd left off or where Todd started, I, I wonder how that's um, – those feelings you've had, how, how you've tried to treat them and, and just anything in particular you're doing day-to-day just to just to keep your own positivity going. And, and, and uh, Along with all that, too, I just wonder if you're, you're seeing the world any differently. I know it's a kind of lofty question, but it, but I know it's the stuff you think about. Well, I appreciate it, Vahe. I mean, no, I mean, you know, one of the things that's, that's kept me going through this is is all of our people. I mean, I look at the great work that, that J.J. Piccolo is doing every single day. Ryan made uh, Matt Morosco uh, sent out another One Royal Way newsletter today, and it's got inspirational messages on there and things that are happening in our organization that are that are positive uh uh erica sharp has, has done some things on you know the importance of nutrition during this time and austin driggers has talked me about the importance of, of of sleep and so we've what we've tried to do is utilize the expertise of our entire staff in all the different areas and share those expertise with our staff on a more personal level so they could share them with their family and uh, again, utilize all those expertise to get all of our people through this this very challenging and uncertain and uh, uh, time. So, but you know, I, I haven't really had time to reflect back on on how we you know, are possibly viewing the situation going forward, Vahe, Other than if, than doing everything we can to make sure that uh, we're ready to come back and play baseball at the appropriate time. Um, I mean, I have reflected back. Um, in fact, I was I was on a podcast today, and I was asked the following question. I was asked the question: If there was anybody you'd go back in time and have dinner with, who would it be? And we've all been asked those questions before. We've all thought about those questions before. And, and for some reason today, I was thinking about Abraham Lincoln, and um, about when he made the comment during the Civil War: "A house divided against itself cannot stand." And talked about the importance of obviously unity, and, and I could only imagine what he was feeling and our he was feeling during that time of division, and um, and so it's just it's reminded me of the importance of, of of doing everything I can to be positive, having like-minded people around that are positive and encouragers, and expect good things to happen. And so I've tried to be that person, but I've I haven't been perfect during this six-week journey. 
and I've relied on other people to um, you know speak positivity in my life and remind me the importance of, of staying positive and thinking into the future. And as I said before, it's helped that, you know, Mr. Sherman has been rock solid in this and his support. And uh, the fact that we have uh, a very tight knit group that has been together for a long time. And I've had the joy of watching them lead. I mean, John Weigel, Dr. Weigel, who works in our performance science department sent me a uh, a, a webinar today of, of uh, talking about you know some of the things that they're doing with with the players and uh, educating our staff uh, and so uh, you know our people have, have kept me going and hopefully I've tried you know I've probably do the same thing so thanks Dayton mm-hmm. hey Dayton it's Lynn how you doing hey Lynn what's up man I wanted to ask you um you talked about sort of the the community support that you you feel in this area I wondered um for you the idea, and I know there's not a set plan, but the idea of, you know, if you guys played baseball this year but weren't able to play in Kansas City, what sort of impact that might have on the organization but also outside the organization? You know, it's hard to imagine, really. Um, and, again, I've, I've read those scenarios. And, and, Lynn, I think the important thing to understand for everybody on this call, those are just ideas that everybody's discussing. And it's good to, to come up with ideas, as we all know. It's good to brainstorm and, and think out loud and, and share ideas with, with people. And so, but it's hard to imagine uh, us not playing baseball in front of our fans here at Kauffman Stadium, or at least playing in our city. Again, we'll do whatever we need to do um, for the good of the game. Uh, and, and so, uh, but it's, it's hard to imagine. And I suspect that um, most people feel that way. But again, we'll, we'll do what we need to do. But, um, you know, and let's face it. I mean, our part of the country, it hasn't been hit as, as, as tough as some others. And, um, and again, I go back to the, the psychology and the mental toughness of the individuals and the citizens of the Midwest. And uh, I believe that our people are, are tough enough to, to push through this in a very smart, healthy, uh, I would say, uh, measured way uh, when the time is right. Dana, it's Cody again. Have you, do you have a personal preference for one of the plans that's been out there? Have you even given that thought? Or are you just like, I'll just, whatever they say we, we should do, we'll do? Well, whatever they say, we'll do. I mean, that's that goes without saying. but. Cody, I mean, personally, I'd, I want to be here in Kansas City. I want to, I want to be here with, with our fans, and I just know how important this environment is for the health of our players and the health of our players' families and the health of our, our front office and their families. And so um, to, to think that we might, you know, um, again, we'll do whatever we, we need to do. I mean, it's in the scheme of things, it, it's, not going, it's not that – you know, I'm not, again, I'm not going to disadvantage ourselves mentally by, by thinking of, um, you know, thinking of this in a negative way. We will do what we need to do. Dayton, Rob Collins at Fox 4. If uh, y'all played without fans, can you talk about the emotional void, not only for the players, but for the fans not being able to be at the K or at any other stadium? Yeah, thanks, Rob. Um, you know, that's a good question. I, I haven't put myself there mentally at all but i i think that again i think you know I, I know how much strength all players draw from the fans and the environment and you know you need that support to get through 
uh, an entire Major League Baseball season, it's very difficult to do so. You know, the only thing that I can compare it to is, you know, in the Gulf Coast League and the Arizona Rookie League, you know, it's complex baseball. The Dominican Summer League, it's complex baseball. Not a lot of fans, if any, in the stands. And, um, you know, the, the players, uh, uh, they still go out there. They still have the ability to concentrate and focus. They're challenged by the competition. So I suspect that, you know, once the umpire says play ball in those environments, the players will be, uh, I mean, they'll play with emotion. They'll play with uh, the love of the game. They'll play with passion, energy. Uh, they have a lot of professional pride. Um, but it certainly wouldn't be the same. Uh, but if we can begin to play uh, without fans, that's great. Our fans can watch the game on TV. I know our players um, will will go out there and, and do whatever's necessary as long as they get to play baseball. Hey, Dayton, it's Todd Lebo again. I was just curious, how long have you been home and how long has it been in your lifetime since you've been home for as long as you've been home now without traveling? Well, I've never seen a march in Kansas City. It's beautiful. The weather's a little inconsistent, as we all know. Um, but I've, I've, I've enjoyed, probably like you, Todd, and everybody on this call, I've enjoyed the opportunity to uh, spend more time with our family. Uh, we've had more meals together probably than any other time, maybe in the last couple of years. That's, that's a sad statement to make. But, you know, we, we've been able to spend more time together. And um, I, I think there's been a lot of positives, truthfully. And um, I've, I've realized that in probably a, a very healthy way, I can survive a little bit um, without baseball, as much as I love the game. I mean, so I ask me a personal question. So if I ask myself, and Swanee's, you know, Swanee's probably thought about this too. You know, if, if I wasn't involved in baseball, now I want to be able to watch baseball every single day, I can tell you that. But if I wasn't working in baseball, what else would I do? I mean, you know what? It's okay. It's been a, it's been kind of a glimpse of what it might be like. And I've talked to Ned a couple times, and, you know, Ned's enjoying the heck out. I mean, he feels bad for all of us. And, um, but, you know, Ned's really in, in, enjoyed kind of a, you know, the retirement aspect. I mean, I'm not thinking about retiring. That's not where I'm going with this. But, you know, it, there's, been some, there's been some positives. You know, we, we have slowed down, you know, slowed down a little bit. Uh, although the days go fast, I wake up, I'm on the phone, and, um, you know, it just keeps going. But I can tell you this without a doubt. The relationships um, within our organization, outside the organization, and with my family are better than they were a month ago. And so that's a positive. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our production staff of Derek Donovan, Savannah Smith, Randy Mason, Beth Welsh, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. Links to the stories we discussed can be found in the show notes. There are four of them in there today. Hey, earlier in the episode, you heard me talk about the Sports Pass offer. It still stands, and it's a good one, 30 bucks for a year's worth of sports coverage. But here's an even better offer. Buy the entire Kansas City Star Sports, news, features, commentary, and analysis, the whole bit. You get all the stories written by my uber-talented colleagues. The details can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. That's account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. 
In either case, the Sports Pass or the full subscription, you're supporting local journalism and helping us deliver products like Sports BKC, which, by the way, will be back on Thursday because this is where we talk sports in Kansas City every day.